into A to Z Sports primetime on a Wednesday night from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Of course, you know uh, the uh, Two Rivers Ford is where you go for one of the largest selections in the state of quality American-made Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code A2Z Sports will get you in on all the action in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And of course, you know that when you are looking to sell your home for more and win the buyer battle with the Intel Edge, there is nobody that you trust more than the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So, we are now in the portion of the season where the window has been opened for teams to start discussing franchise tag candidates. We are about, we're less than a month away, about three weeks away for uh, from free agency opening up and that getting into full swing in a way that is clear and obvious to everybody. Uh, when we talk about cap casualties, the Titans are in a pretty interesting position because right now, if if next season was to start today, they're in a, a less than ideal spot, but they're not in the worst position right now. If if they were to start the season today, they would be $7.1 million over the cap, right? This is with existing contracts. This is with everybody still on the books who's currently on the roster. We, of course, know that there will be significant adjustments to the roster to make sure that they get under that $7.1 million, or at least that trims down that $7.1 million, that they're currently over the cap. Now, this is with the additional $25 million that will be included in this year's salary cap. It's 26th in the league right now as far as available cap space. So again, not the worst, but there is going to be considerable work done. And so when you look at the places that you can save, there's three players in particular that offer, just on face value, the most amount of cap savings. And we're certainly going to discuss that over the course of the show tonight. In fact, that's where we're going to start with your Two Rivers Ford take. The question that I want to begin the show with is this, who is most? Who is the most likely Titans cap casualty? Taylor Lewan, Roger Saffold, or Jackrabbit Jenkins? Let's talk about it together, and I'll give you my response here on the primetime show. Let me know in the comments, and we'll get to your answer right after I tell you about our friends who present the Two Rivers Ford take. Of course, that is Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford, since 1983, has been operating with honesty and integrity, supporting the local community, supporting local sports teams, and supporting you and your family in your pursuit of quality service, award-winning customer service with quality American-made Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford has so many different options with one of the state's largest selections of Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet is where you go or online at tworiversford.com. The best in the business. So, Lawan Saffold, Jackrabbit. Who makes the most sense as a cap casualty right now? For Allen Jr., he says Lawan, sadly, unless they can restructure. For Chris Frazier, 
He says uh, the other the other left offensive left side offensive lineman, Roger Saffold, Jesse Norwood is begging for it to be Taylor Lewan, which I find to be fairly interesting. And James Jackson on Facebook Live says Jack Rabbit can go. Well, just kind of looking at their numbers right now as we sit here ahead of the uh, ahead of the the you know the real uh, the real for lack of a better term, the real juicy part of the offseason, right, where we get draft prospects and combine and free agency all within a couple of weeks of each other. And again, we'll be at the combine all next week. So we're looking forward to doing that. Um, At this point, Taylor Lewan saves $12. million if you were to cut him today. Roger Saffold saves you $10.4 million. And Jack Rabbit Jenkins uh, will save you $6.9 million against the salary cap. At this point, you're looking at a situation where three, well, two of your best players in Saffold and Lawan, even if Roger Saffold isn't the best guard in football anymore, he's certainly still one of the better ones. But at $10.4 million for a player at that age, it starts to become a complicated issue. Taylor Lawan is, of course, the biggest possible savings. It would help you eliminate this uh, $7.1 million deficit that you're currently operating in and would give you the cap flexibility to do at least one other thing or provide, you know, fuel for extension for A.J. Brown or uh, Taylor, or uh, uh, Jeffrey Simmons or any of that. I'm laughing because our buddy Mike Giardi of the NFL Network is, I don't know if he's in the uh, if he's in the Twitter chat or where he's lurking, but he's sending me screenshots of me making funny faces during the primetime show, so Giardi can politely kick rocks. But when you kind of boil this thing down to it, they are going to do some things with their salary cap this year that are going to give them the best possible advantage while maintaining the core of their team. Now, the core of their team, as presently constructed, at least on the offensive side of the football, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. Where Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold factor into that conversation is a completely different on is on completely different levels. They would honestly, if you gave them the option today, and this is this is kind of where the dialogue has been trending really since the season ended, because the first two names put on the table as far as all right, what are we doing with them next year? And this is something that I've had discussions with people inside the building about is Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold. Not necessarily in that order, but they know they need to do something from a financial standpoint with Saffold and Lewan. For Roger, at 33 years old, with the kind of availability that he has had, and again, he has been a good player, but he has not been nearly available enough for you to justify a guard at that price point. In fact, we've talked uh, we've talked previously about teams like Indianapolis, who are eternally frustrated, or fan bases, rather, like Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis, who are eternally frustrated with the uh, with something like a Quentin Nelson situation, where they've spent a top-10 pick on an offensive guard. He's probably going to cost them $20 million a year, and what, what kind of substantial winning have they done with that guard on the roster? Not much. They've had successful seasons running the football, but at a certain point, you have to assign the appropriate value, including price point, to a player at that position. And for Roger, he played 15 out of a possible 17 games. So it's not like he missed a ton of time, but you did notice the snaps that he was in and out of. And the pass protection 
was wretched. Ryan Tannehill was the second most sacked quarterback in all of football last year. Uh, Tig Smith says, my hot take, Lawan retires a Titan. Well, I I don't know if Taylor's going to retire a Titan, and you know, for all the uh, for all the shit that Lawan gives me, I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh uh, when he you know the next time that he uh, that he tries to publicly harass me and he ends up doing it for the Detroit Lions or something like that. Like I've, I I don't think I've made that joke at his expense to his face yet, but I'm sure it'll get back to him. Anyway, when it comes to the cap casualty situation, those three in particular are going to be the most interesting. It's not going to be somebody like Julio Jones. Your cap savings are minimal, just over a million dollars at this point. And so when you kind of boil it down to those three names, well, which of those three names make the most sense? We're going to talk about that here in just a second, right after I remind you about our friends at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com is where you go for satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. If uh, you're like Giardi and you know that nobody does an ad read like me, which is what he just texted me, you know that nobody does HVAC service like Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. That is where you go. Three locations, commercial, residential, HVAC service. If you need improved air quality, they can do duct work as well at Brymac.com. So with the cap casualty situation, Again, Taylor Lewan saves you 12.9. Roger Saffold saves you 10.4. Jack Rabbit saves you $6.9 million. I add parenthetically, nice. When it kind of gets down to the nitty gritty of it, Saffold and Jack Rabbit are the most likely to be gone. I do think they try and do something that saves them a little bit of money on the top end with Lewan, even though for a left tackle, who is 30 years old and still has good football left in him, admittedly not any kind of, uh, not any, which we've discussed before, not any kind of an all-pro stud, never has a bad pass-blocking snap left tackle. He's not one of the premier players of that position, but he's still good enough. His problem, his biggest problem has been availability, but not quite to the extent of Roger. So for Roger's age and for the amount of money that they can save on him by releasing him this year, I believe that Roger Saffold is probably the most likely cap casualty out of this group. He has said publicly that he has no interest in retiring. The Titans have discussed the offensive line room at length. And of the pending free agents, Ben Jones among them, the starting center, they are very much focused on bringing Ben Jones back into the fold. That would be an additional cost. When you are talking about a veteran center, because you are going to spend, and at some point they're going to have to find a replacement plan for Ben. But in the meantime, you can draft a player who can play guard while you wait for Ben Jones to no longer be serviceable at the center position and then slide the younger player into the center position, which so many teams have done year in and year out as they try and develop offensive linemen because the development of offensive linemen, as you well know, is hugely difficult. But For what they are paid, they are not worth keeping this group together. Nate Davis, who is technically contract eligible, is probably uh, not worth extending at this point. You're looking at David Questenberry, who's probably, who's not going to be, I can guarantee you that David Questenberry will not be the full-time starting right tackle outside of injury for the 2022 Tennessee Titans next year. So you're talking about potentially three new offensive linemen on this unit with the two that I believe are going to remain, well, three, because Nate Davis is under contract, 
Taylor Lewan, Ben Jones, and Nate Davis, I believe, are all going to still be Titans starting offensive linemen when the season begins next year. Saffold makes the most sense, but I do believe that it will not be just restricted to one player, and things could change as we sit here on Wednesday, February the 23rd, but I also believe that Jackrabbit Jenkins is not necessarily safe against the cap. Can't hold it back on my does anybody call you Janoris in your life? Nobody calls me Janoris. No one? No. No, no member of your family calls you Janoris? No. You're Jackrabbit. Jackrabbit or Rabbit. Jackrabbit or Rabbit. And you asked the Titans to list you on the roster as Jackrabbit yeah. because that's what everybody calls you. Correct. Have you been surprised that you could play this long? Not really. I haven't been surprised. I mean, it's a position that guys, you know, once you hit 30, you start right. to – but you've just – it's like you've gotten better. Uh, it's all about taking care of your body, understanding the game, mental reps, and just being a pro. I feel like I've been doing a great job of that since I've been in the league and I just got to continue. But in the NFL, you got to understand, everybody get paid, everybody going to make plays. At the end of the day, if somebody make a play on you, you got to brush it out because guess what? It's a whole game. Um, one play don't determine one the whole game. You just got to continue to work. So that is Jackrabbit Jenkins, um, who I also believe will be on the outs. Again, savings of $6.9 million. And from a succession standpoint, you have uh, – from a succession standpoint, you have – um, you have Caleb Farley, you have Elijah Molden, you have Christian Fulton already in the fold. Now, if they choose to retain Jackrabbit or cut Jackrabbit, save some money and sign another veteran corner, I think it'll tell you a lot about where they see Caleb Farley, who in his only, uh, in his only NFL start immediately tore his ACL and was not able to give them any kind of meaningful contributions it feels like 17 years ago when we last saw Caleb Farley on a football field. And again, Jack Rabbit has had some good snaps. He has also had some bad snaps. His contributions, his value um, does not outweigh his current price tag, which is, of course, the definition of a cap casualty. So I think that both Saffold and Rabbit, as we sit here today, will be on the way out because of the amount of savings that they can have because of the uh, depth of this particular draft in the interior offensive line group, because of the succession plan that they already have built in at corner, those two make the most sense. Now, whether they also go further and try and save some money on Taylor Lewan or not save some money, but rather structure Taylor's deal in a way where they take a larger cap hit next year, because right now Taylor Lewan's cap hit for a Starting left tackle in football, I mean, $14.6 million, guys, is not is not that much money for a starting left tackle in the NFL right now. Remember that he signed that deal back in 2018, and while the market did dip um, in 2020, all we have seen uh, since then, well, I guess the market did dip in, 2000 and, in 2020 and in 2021, you did see Taylor Lewan prove his value over the course of the games that he was able to play. 
I'm not saying that Taylor's perfect. I'm not saying that he's guaranteed safe. I'm just saying that of the three options presented to you, Taylor Lewan is the most safe of those three. Uh, when we And we'll look at the draft later on. Again, uh, Greg Cosell and myself, we did a great podcast that's available to you today. We kind of talked about how Greg scouts these players and where he kind of gets his evaluation tactics from and what specifically is going to define whether a player is a quote-unquote hit or miss in the NFL draft. I think that there is so many, there's a lot of good information that you can learn from today's install, the install with Greg Cosell of NFL Films, which you can get uh, now wherever you get your podcast. Based on that last year after the ACL, he's not worth $14 million, Buck. MB says, so let's kind of, let's just take a look at the uh, at the top or, or highest paid left tackles in football right now. Um, I'll be able to give you the uh, give you the answer to this here in just a second, courtesy of Over the Cap. When you look at the idea of fourteen million dollars, or at least coming off this this past uh, this past season, Taylor Lewan at this point with an average annual value of sixteen million dollars is the what one two three four five six seventh. He's the seventh highest paid starting left tackle in football this year on an average annual value. But his average annual value, that cap hit came on the front end when your cap was much more manageable than it is now. As things have gotten more restrictive, his number has gone down. Again, the idea that he only counts against against your cap for $14.6 million next year, that brings him down below guys like, uh, below guys like, Jordan Mailata from the Philadelphia Eagles, Donovan Smith, Taylor Decker, and DJ Humphreys, and Deion Dawkins of the Bills, who, ironically enough, uh, Taylor Lewan was mistaken for. In fact, no, he would make more than Deion Dawkins on an average annual value this year because Deion Dawkins is making 14.5 on the life of his current deal. He signed a $58 million deal. Uh, not too long ago, as a matter of fact. In fact, he won't be an unrestricted free agent until 2025. But still, Taylor Lewan, that would basically that would knock him out of the top 10, right? So do you think that Taylor Lewan is a top 15 offensive tackle? Most of you would probably answer yes. In fact, most of you would still say that when he is healthy and available, or when he is as healthy as humanly possible and available, Taylor Lewan is still a top 10 to 15 player at his position. So you're telling me he's not worth $14 million? I'm telling you that he absolutely is based on the uh, based on where the market is, where the market has changed around him since he signed that contract back in 2018. Of any of these guys, Taylor Lewan is the least likely to not be on the Titans next year. Now, Jeremy Graham brings up Chandler Jones, blew him up that first game. <sighs> Jeremy, how many things changed from the first game of the season? This was... This is what frustrates me about that kind of analysis. I'm not mad specifically at you, Jeremy. I'm mad at the concept of of I'm mad at the concept that you are vo- giving voice to. Right? Chandler Jones blew him up the first game of the year. Well, what was what was different about Taylor Lewan in the first game of the year versus the last game of the regular season where Ryan Tannehill was pass protected well and ended up being the AFC Offensive Player of the Week with four touchdowns and three of those touchdowns in the second quarter alone. Well, the difference was that was Taylor Lewan's first game off an ACL. That was a situation where the entire offensive line was in absolute shambles because the Cardinals defense 
was really, really good. That was a situation where we had no idea how the season was going to play itself out. And you know that the version of Taylor Lewan that you got in week one was a vastly different version of the uh, of the Taylor Lewan that you got in week 18. So, Jeremy, your analysis of doing things from week one, respectfully, kind of sucks because it completely removes the context from what happens over the course of an entire season from week one to week 18, the playoffs and beyond that you should be using to evaluate the player that you're talking about. I have no idea if Luan's going to be better next year or not. I have no clue. Nobody can predict that. Not even Taylor, right? But I know of the three that we've talked about, Taylor Lewan is not somebody who is going to be in outright danger among the three that we have discussed. Uh, let's move on and let's talk about this secondary because if they do cut Jackrabbit, this kind of, it doesn't throw things a lot into flux, but he was a part of a hugely successful defense this year, even if he wasn't the best player. The question that I want to ask you is this on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. On a scale of 1 to 10, what is your confidence level in the Titans secondary next year? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together. uh, And while we do that, while you weigh in with your number uh, on your uh, your confidence level, scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you? in the Titans secondary next year, I will tell you about our friends at uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code A2Z Sports gets you in on all the action in the DraftKings Sportsbook app with great offers on things like the NBA. And as an official sports betting partner of the NBA, DraftKings Sportsbook will give you, as a new customer, uh, $1. You can bet $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's just that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on the NBA with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code A to Z Sports. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code A to Z Sports at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus, Tennessee only, gambling problem. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. So, what is your level of confidence in the Titans secondary if they were to cut Jackrabbit Jenkins? Now, there's no guarantee that they cut Jackrabbit, although it would make infinitely more sense. MB says, based on the pressure up front, he'd say an eight, providing Landry is back. Six, says Danny Sutherland. I'm counting on Farley to produce. Well, what what is the definition of project, production for a corner, right? In fact, if a corner does not show up statistically, it's either one, he didn't play, or two, he wasn't thrown at. And both, you know, the, they are two different extremes, of course. But, you know, statistically judging corners, um, is a is not you know it's not a position that you judge by individual statistics, but I do understand what you mean by produce. You, you expect him to hold his own as a first round pick in the NFL, despite all the different injuries that he's had to work his way through. For Max Walker, he's at a six and a half. For Corey D. Jackson, seven and a half on a scale of ten. David, uh, or rather, Ghost Stream says seven on YouTube, and for 
Troy, I'm not even gonna uh, I'm not even gonna attempt it, Troy. Forgive me. If health if healthy, 7.5, if not 5.5 on a scale of 10. So I completely uh, there's a lot of variance. In fact, a lot more uh, variance than I expected, given the idea that a lot of people didn't like the Jackrabbit Jenkins experience. For me, uh, it does very much right. You can't talk about the secondary without talking about what the pass rush looks like. And we don't know whether Harold Landry would be back or not. I would tell you that, again, things could very much change. I fully expect Harold Landry to be back, whether it be by tag or a new contract at this point time. There are plenty of things that could devolve in discussions, but as we sit here today, I see no reason why the Tennessee Titans would not bring Harold Landry back. So I'm going to assume for the purposes of this exercise that they're keeping their pass rush whole. So if they're keeping their pass rush whole, where do I kind of look at this Titan secondary and say, I would say that I would give them without knowing the status of Farley. I would say that they deserve at least a seven and a half out of 10 based on the way that they perform, the talent that they still have and the upside of the player that they haven't seen really much of anything from yet. Nah, I mean, it, it makes it hard to swallow because we lost. Um, regardless of how many sacks we got or, you know, how many plays the defense have made, uh, in certain critical situations, we didn't make the play. And um, that's the type of things that I look at. You know, I missed the tackle, let Jamar Chase get out of there, and I'm beating myself up about that. I'm not necessarily concerned about, you know, what the offense does. And, you know, obviously, you know, we can't turn the ball over, but – we could have got more turnovers as well, you know what I'm saying, especially early in the game. So, you know, it's a lot of different things like that. But I definitely um, am not going to let anything kind of divide the team, even though obviously the season's over with. Um, and I told Ryan that too, um, that I appreciate him and, and all the work that he's put in this year and the plays that he's made for us. And, you know, they got some, they made some plays, you know, some unfortunate plays. But at the end of the day, you know, we're going to stick together as a family. So that's Kevin Byard, I believe after the Bengals lost, talking about they need to stick together as a family. And and listen, the bones of that are in pretty good place, right? Christian Fulton has a ton of upside. His game against Cincinnati was not his finest, even though they were getting consistent pressure. There was plays made all over the Titans secondary because the Bengals obviously have a, an incredibly talented uh, collection of skill position players, which we've talked about at great length. Byard uh, continues to play at an all-pro level. You have Elijah Molden, who I think is going to, you know, who performed admirably in his rookie year. We will see growth and development. Fair to expect that we will see growth and development from him, provided that there are no injuries. And then Caleb Farley, who was marketed as huge upside, right? Potentially corner CB1 had the situations with the Two uh, two knee issues that he had. One a procedure, one a cleanup, if memory serves. Um, no, it wasn't a knee. It was a back procedure that he had. The knee, of course, was the torn ACL that he suffered during the regular season. I don't know what you're going to get from Caleb Farley, but I know that you have one of the most talented safety tandems in football with Amani Hooker and Kevin Byard, and that you have at least two highly talented uh, corners with still, I think, more upside left to go in their career. What, how to project, how to project somebody like Caleb Farley? I don't have the answer to that. He could be an unmitigated disaster when next we see him. But all I know is that at least the bones of a plan are in place to replace somebody who's got an expensive contract like Jackrabbit this this coming season. And with all that being said, I think that the Titans secondary provided their pass rush stay even close to what it was this year, 
Titans secondary is going to remain in good shape. That defense is going to remain in good shape, I think, at this point. Um, uh, Keelan Watson reminds me that AJ was the one with the knee cleanups. That's correct. Cleanups on both knees, which is still crazy to think that AJ had a thousand yards in 2020 on two bad knees. What's Weaver's contract status, says Tig? Well, he's a rookie, or he's coming off his rookie season. So if he was a fifth-round pick out of Pitt, then he would have three more years left on his rookie deal because uh, unless you're a first-round pick, you don't have a fifth-year option. So, yeah, he's got three years left on a, on a rookie contract right now. So, you know, Weaver can give you something, um, but he's obviously not as high-end talented as somebody like Harold Landry. Which is a uh, which is a different conversation. Danny Sutherland says I'm out on cutting current. You know, I had a I had a, a, somebody within the Titans building text me about saving money by cutting current. And you know, Brett, I think if you asked him in an honest moment, did not have the kind of season that he is accustomed to by his standards. But I think that you, I mean. You see how fragile special teams can be, right? And while you are going to see less disastrous plays if your special teams are poor just because they're not on the field as often, you do understand that what happens when you don't have competency, both as a kicker and as – I mean, remember when Kern – Kern, I think he had, a, he had a wrist injury in 2020, right? That's why Trevor Daniel ended up – playing in that Thursday night football Colts game where they blocked the punt. And again, the protection was bad for the punter who got his, uh, his got, got his punt block that ended up being returned for a touchdown. But Kern is good enough to make up for when you have deficiencies elsewhere. Again, the kicking situation is a nightmare. And Randy Bullock, by the way, is an unrestricted free agent. So again, you will have to make the decision on a kicker if you want to just keep continuing to recycle through them. But he is not going to be, uh, he is not going to be, um, you know, you're not going to get him for the kind of value if you do choose to give him another contract that you did last year because he played well here, right? So cutting Kern, I think, is out of the question. Maybe moving money around on Kern to make it, uh, to make it more financially feasible to keep him on the roster this year. I, I don't know if the savings would be enough because I mean, let's look at let's look at Brett Kern's contract really quick on Spot Track while we're here um, before we move on to helicopter parents. So Kern signed a four-year, five-point-one million-dollar deal, and the date that he signed that deal—oh, this is not the time for my internet to not work, which uh, the internet should be working because the primetime show, uh, to the best of my knowledge, is still live streaming. So I'm not sure why Spot Spot Track is not letting me open this up but regardless Kern's the money savings on Kern little over three million currently against the cap this year I mean yeah you could if you if you are up against the cap and you need to find money you know you've done all these things in free agency you're desperately trying to find money for say your rookie draft class or for a play for a pool for injury players that's the kind of place where you can kind of look to move money around on somebody like Kern but outside of like if when it comes to people who are going to be cut for financial reasons, Kern is low on the list, I guess is probably the cleanest way to say it. All right, let's wrap things up and let's uh, let's have some fun with an end-of-show topic. Helicopter parents, which is a uh, so the, uh, the, um, the 
the the reason for this is because I saw a laugh out loud funny video of somebody who is in my industry. I don't know about sports, but is in the television broadcasting, you know, media industry. Have something happen to them that had to be hugely embarrassing, but also laugh out loud funny. Play that Kern video, Buck. It's priceless. I don't know what Kern video you're talking about, Ty. But anyway, what's the most embarrassing thing your parents have done to you publicly? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll talk about it together. What's the most embarrassing thing that your parents have done to you publicly? Because I think you're going to enjoy the video that I'm going to share with you here in just a second. Right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. GaryAshton.com is where you go to sell for more with the Intel Edge. You can win the buyer battle in Middle Tennessee real estate at GaryAshton.com, the official real estate agent of the Titans, of the Preds, and of A to Z Sports Prime Time. Help uh, help the Ashton team help you at GaryAshton.com with the best intel humanly possible to get your dream address without the stress or sell your home for more, GaryAshton.com. So, uh, oh, actually, there's a there seems to be significant breaking news. Um, this is coming from A to Z. This is coming from uh, Adam Holt from A to Z Sports. Apparently, Philip Forsberg is on the trade block for the Nashville Predators. Um, Preds are actively shopping to trade their best player, according to a report. I'll have more details for you on that. In fact, that's going to be uh, something that we discuss probably on the radio show tomorrow. That just happened in real time. Anyway, uh, to uh, let's let's wrap things up, and then we can um, – let's wrap things up with the helicopter parent segment, and then maybe we can find more information out about Philip Forsberg. But basically, what has uh, what's the most embarrassing thing that has been done to you in public by your parents? Drew Acosta says, beat my ass for stealing some candy at the store. They asked me if I wanted them to call the police or my mom. I said the police. I've had uh, moments like that. Cedric says, an ass whooping in front of all my friends, which I'm sure is going to be a common theme. Um, The most embarrassing thing that has been done to you in public. My mom whipped my butt, says Stacy Wills, uh, when I was five years old at a Sears store because I was mad and wanted a toy. You know, I, I had to think about this because my parents, my mom in particular, because I basically, you know, basically grew up in a, in a single parent household with my mom. Um, my mom has done things that I was embarrassed by at the time, but probably are not outright embarrassing. But this clip today, the reason that I bring this up is laugh out loud funny. Uh, take a look. Is it because of This is my mom. Hold on. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm trying to work right now. You over there calling my phone. This is D'Angelo. You can say hi. And don't be holding up traffic because you got cars behind you. <laughs> Did you record that? So, you know, the parents are parents are just trying to gash you up, just trying to hype you up, be uh be your, you know, your biggest supporter, things like that. Sometimes they embarrass you. But it's all men out of goodwill. That clip made me laugh out loud. Jesus, mom, I'm on TV, says Orlando Jones. That's like that's like my mom like FaceTiming into the primetime show without me knowing and like producer Reed throwing her up on the screen while we're in the middle of salary cap casualty discussions. Uh Corey D. Jackson says, 
got on the phone when I was trying to shoot my shot to the hottest chick in high school. I was almost in there, says Corey. Well, it sounds like that didn't work out. The most embarrassing thing. Now, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know whether. Um, I didn't know whether this was. I, I wasn't embarrassed by this in real time, but my mom. My mom did something that was very embarrassing after the fact. I. So again, single parent household, right? My mom. When we first, when my parents first split up, I mean, I couldn't have been more than like five or six, right? So she's basically raising me from the ground up. And my mom had, you know, I'm only child. Well, my, I, uh, my, uh, my, my mom later adopted my sister um, as a part of our family. And so no longer an only child, but at the time only child. And my mom had only, you know, she never raised a kid before. So never raised a boy before in particular. And... <laughs> When she was trying to show me how to use the restroom, how to use the toilet properly, this was during the potty training process, right? Because she did not realize that there was certain functions for why guys lift the lid on the toilet seat. She was having, she thought that guys lifted the lid of the toilet seat for both functions of the bathroom process for uh for males so she was having me you know not just lift the toilet seat to pee but lift the toilet seat to sit down and as like a five-year-old i'm like straddling the toilet trying to keep myself from falling in while you're trying to do your business and it was only after the fact that somebody was like no that's not the why they say that guys lift the seat when they go to the bathroom, that was, uh, it, it was not embarrassing for me in real time because I didn't know what the hell was going on. But after the fact, me and my, me and my mom still have a good laugh about that because uh, it was a learning process, learning time for everybody, except, you know, I was learning the wrong thing. Like, you know, how to, how to basically keep myself from drowning in the toilet as opposed to going to the bathroom the proper way. So, you know, there's, a, there's, <laughs> we all, we all have our quirks, right? That's probably the most embarrassing moment between me. And my mother, we, we's, uh, is it, it's either Wheezy or Wheeze Bowski on YouTube just sends us a laughing emoji. Dre Wilson laughing as well. Like I said, you know, uh, first time for everything, right? If you've been a first time parent, you've probably done some things that you look back after the fact, after you've been a parent for a couple of years and be like, what the hell was I talking about? I have no idea what I was doing there. And so that was kind of the experience. This was before YouTube videos taught people how to do everything, right? Uh, this was, this was what, 19, been like 1998, 1999. I don't know. Either way, fun times. And, and, you know, I love, love my mom for, if even for the incorrect bathroom etiquette. Anyway, let's wrap this show up on that note. One more primetime show to do tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Radio show is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if Nashville SC, their season is getting ready to begin on Sunday, we're going to have Walker Zimmerman, who is, of course, their best player on the radio show tomorrow. We are also going to have the longtime voice of the Lady Vols of the Tennessee basket, the Tennessee uh, women's basketball team, the Lady Vols. He's retiring after 30 plus years in the business. Mickey Deerstone is going to be on the radio show tomorrow. And I'm going to see if I can't track down somebody to talk about this Philip Forsberg trade because it sounds like he's actively being shopped by the Nashville Predators, which may well be while we talk uh, what we talk about tomorrow night. See you guys then. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Talk to you tomorrow on the radio or on primetime.